Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. If you enjoyed that video, yeah. man, I don't know about you, but let's take a moment right now to pray for our country. Can we do that yes. this morning? Yes. Father, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the freedom that we have in you. Lord, you said that he that the sun sets free is free indeed. And the reason why we are free indeed is because, Lord, you laid down your life so that we can be free spiritually. And, Lord, throughout this country right now, there are many, many women that have went before us, Lord God, and laid down their life physically so that we can be free physically as well as Jesus laying down his life so we can be free spiritually. But, Father, we lift up our country. Lord, our country's in great mourning and great strife right now. We need a a transformation. We need a change. God, we need a miracle to sweep over our country right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for peace. I pray for, Lord, understanding, clarity, and wisdom and all the decisions that are being made right now that, God, we will be moved by your presence and not by anger or strife or any other thing that we'll be led by. But, God, let us be led by your wisdom your guidance and your direction in our country and God I pray for the men and women right now that God that are out on the battlefield now that you will watch over them and protect them and Lord guide them and lead them and bless them be with family members who have uh, friends and family uh, that are on the field be with moms and dads that are praying for their sons and their daughters during this time we ask God that you intervene Bring a revival to our country, to our land. Father, I thank you for this day, and we don't take freedom for granted. Lord, we celebrate today the freedom that we have in you and in this country. Thank you, you, Father, in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, I just pray, Pastor, I'm just interrupting you here for a second. I just pray right now for our president, Lord Jesus, that you would touch him, that you would give him wisdom and direction from you, Lord Jesus, how to bring peace to our nation. Lord, I pray that there's a lot of people surrounding him that are lifting him up and encouraging him. Lord Jesus, I don't care who's in the presidential um, seat. We should always be praying for our leader. We should always be praying for them to to know the direction that God has for our country. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this great country, and we pray that you will be with each one, Lord. Lord, touch the Congress, the senators. Touch them all, Lord Jesus, that they can truly make the right decisions in things that are going on in our world. In your wonderful and precious name, amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Well, today, obviously, we do recognize that it is Independence Day, 4th of July, as many would say, and I'm just so grateful for this opportunity today. I am so grateful for our freedom. You know, we sing the song, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, and when we sing that song, it brings excitement to us. I, I, I can envision uh, we as worshiping us in the, in, the, uh, in the congregation, and when we worship and we sing that song, there seems to be such a celebration, such an outburst of joy because about the word freedom. And I mean, I I look around the congregation when we sing that song and everybody's celebrating, clapping their hands, they're rejoicing. But what is truly freedom? Have you ever thought about the price of freedom? I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I couldn't wait to grow up. And every stage of my life, I was anticipating another level, another opportunity. And so I was remembering growing up when I was preparing this sermon, I remember growing up that I can remember the first time I couldn't 
wait to have a, uh, the opportunity to be able to have a sleepover or go and sleep at someone in my friend's house. And my parents wouldn't let me go and sleep at someone's house until I was nine years old. That, I remember, was my first sleepover with my friends at their house. And I thought, man, I'm big and I'm bad. Man, I got the freedom now to be able to go and sleep at my friend's house. I must be growing up. But then I couldn't wait until I got my driver's license. I remember I went from the bike stage, and I got bored on riding bikes, and I rode my bike all over the place, but I was always anticipating the opportunity to be able to drive, and I thought, man, I won't have to have my mom or my sister with me, and I can have my own car, and man, I can take every, my, all my friends with me, but then once I got that freedom, then there was also, I had to pay for insurance. I had to start paying for gas. So I realized that being free of driving, it came with a price. It came with a price that, yeah, I had the opportunity to drive on my own, but freedom wasn't free because now I'm paying for my car insurance. I'm paying for the gas of my car. And I learned that, man, freedom really wasn't free. But then I really, man, learned that freedom wasn't free when I had the opportunity to go on to college. And once I went to college, man, I thought it was great. I wasn't in my, my mother and dad's house anymore. I was kicked out of the nest, basically. And now I was having to fly on my own. And I thought, wow, I can grow my own wings now. I'm a man. Wow. But then all of a sudden, reality hit home. And the reality that hit home was, oh, I was like a cocoon in the dorm. And, man, even at times, I never even had to leave the dorms because we had skyways that went from one building to another building. So I could have stayed in the buildings all the time and just had like a cocoon. But I also realized that when I now was a man and on my own in college, now I had to start taking on bills. I had to pay for my phone bill. I had to pay for my gas for my car. I had to pay for car insurance. I had to pay for my college bill. I had to pay for my own food. Man, all of a sudden, I was like, wow, I want to move back in my mom and dad's house. But I thought that I had freedom. But there's a cost to freedom. And then after being in college my freshman year, my and going into my sophomore year, I married my wife, Cheryl, and I'm so grateful for my wife. I love her with all my heart. She's been a great blessing to me. Then all of a sudden after we got married, we had children right away. I had my son, Rick. And all of a sudden, man, now we got my own apartment. I wasn't in the dorms anymore. So now the freedom of growing up in the different levels that I grew up into wasn't really free at all. It wasn't free really at all. It's because now I'm taking on more things in my life. I had rent now. I had to pay for my wife and I had my kid and the food and health insurance. And it just kept piling up. So here I thought I had my freedom, but there's a price for freedom. But when you think of freedom, you think no responsibilities or restraints. That's kind of the thing we think of. There's no responsibilities or restraint so to hold us back. So a lot of times we think, man, I'm free, nothing to hold me back. You don't have to answer to anyone anymore. And that's what sometimes we think that freedom is. Sometimes we take for granted the price that the men and women paid for this country for our freedom. Sometimes we forget that freedom that men and women have paid for our freedom. And I just want to remind you that, man, there's a price that we have to pay. The freedom we have today in this wonderful country, which we all call America, came with a price. Nothing is free. Trust me, I learned that full well. 
You would have thought I would have learned my lesson a long time ago that I went to a camp thing and, and I tried to get this campsite and this was a timeshare kind of thing and I thought that was going to be free. I would have thought that I would have learned from that experience that nothing's free. But there was an ad in the paper in Grand Junction, Colorado, uh, an ad from Powderhorn Ski Resort there in Grand Junction. And Powderhorn was advertising their condos. And they would say, hey, if you just come and check out our condos and come and see what we're doing here at Powderhorn Ski Resort here in Grand Junction, we'll give you all this free stuff. So I thought, well, hey, it's only 45 minutes away from our house, and it's a beautiful sight. Man, driving up the mountains and so on and so forth. I took my three kids and my wife, and we got there. There was tons of people. Man, we were in this big room, and they had us at a round table. And here I thought the presentation would only, first of all, take 45 minutes to an hour. Well, it ended up taking almost three hours that this presentation was. And then at the end, we said no to buying the condo, but all we wanted was really the free gifts. They were giving away fishing rods and fishing lures and all these great gifts that they said were free. But here they said, once I said no, they said, no, they're not free. You have to read the dotted line or the, fall, the small print. And in the small print, it actually read, it was so small they could barely see it. You have to take a magnifying glass. It actually said, you get the free gifts if you sign the dotted line to buy a condo. And I waited there, and my kids were getting upset. And, man, even one of the salespeople had to help my kids and while we were discussing with our salesperson. And here I thought something was free. It really wasn't free. And a lot of times in our lives we think that it's free when we forget that men and women laid down their lives for you and I. You know, I love what Isaiah says. Isaiah was a foreteller of the things to come. He was a foreteller of letting us know that there's good news. I don't know about you, but how many of you know right now in our society and in our country right now, we need good news? I don't know about you. There's all kinds of bad news going on. You can just turn on the TV and you can see all the bad news that's happening in our society, in our country, in our world. Just a lot of bad news. But Isaiah was a foreteller of bringing good news. And I'm here to tell you today some good news. I'm not CNN, I'm not Fox to tell you maybe some bad news, but I'm here to tell you this is good news. And the good news is this, Isaiah says in Isaiah 61 verses 1 through 3, he said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. In other words, God came upon Isaiah to bring forth or to deliver the good news. He says this, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim, now I want you to get this, to proclaim, confess, announce good news to the poor. When you think of the poor, it's not necessarily the poor like financially or this, that. It means maybe poor in spirit, broken hearted, poor in your, in, in, in your demeanor. Maybe you're down and out and you're out of your luck. He's here to bring good news to the poor, to the broken hearted, the downcast, the discouraged. He's here to bring good news. And here's the good news. He has sent me to bind up the broken hearted, to proclaim freedom 
to the captives or for the captive. In other words, those that were caught up and ensnared by sin and by corruption of the world and even under the oppression of the Egyptians and all these things, he come to bring freedom to the captives. Do you feel like maybe you're captive right now? Maybe you're under a lot of pressure, a lot of things are going on in your life right now. He's come to bring freedom to the captive. That's you and I. And what does he come to do? Bring us good news to the brokenhearted or the poor in spirit. That's you and I. And he says this, and release from darkness the, for the prisoners. Can you get that in your heart? To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Favor is unmerited blessings, things that happen in your life when you least expect it. God always comes through, always on time. He's an on-time God. But I love that. Favor. I love what it says in Luke 2.52, that Jesus grew favor with man and favor with God. As you walk in the freedom of God, guess what you walk in? You walk in his favor, unmerited blessings, unexpected things to happen in your life that God will sustain you. I love that. And he says, and the day of vengeance of our, of our God, to comfort the, all who mourn. Aren't we in a place of mourning right now? A place of grieving right now. Man, we see all what's happening in our hearts right now, that God comes to comfort those who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to restore on them a crown of beauty, a crown of beauty instead of ashes. I love what Isaiah says. I love that. I love that because, listen, the oil of joy instead of the mourning, Look at what he says. The oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness and planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. You see, right now in our country right now, we, we, we may be down right now and maybe we may be going through a lot of mourning, but through this, God is going to rise up. And God is going to show his glory. And God is going to show his favor upon those who trust and believe in him. But he came to set the captive free. I don't know about you, but maybe today, maybe today those are, are listening right now, maybe some of you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're captive right now. Maybe you're caught up in this stronghold, and maybe you're feeling like a bird in a cage, and you feel like, man, you're a lion in a cage, and you just can't go anywhere, and you're frustrated and angry and, and mad at, your, at the world and at yourself. Maybe, just maybe, you need to hear the good news, and the good news is that Jesus comes to give you freedom. He came to set the captive free. He comes to give you freedom. I love what Matthew says in Matthew chapter 3. Here's John the Baptist. John the Baptist is proclaiming the coming of the Lord. He's foretelling the same thing that Isaiah just said in Isaiah 61. So whenever you hear God say things twice, take heed to what he's saying. Take heed to what he's saying. And here he is. Here is John the Baptist is basically uh, foreseeing or prophesying exactly what Isaiah 61 just said. He said, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching. What is he preaching? The good news. But notice where he was preaching. In the wilderness of Judah, 
in the wilderness of Judah, in the dry times, in the discouraging times of life, God comes to bring the good news to you. Maybe you're in your wilderness right now. Maybe you're in your dry time right now. Maybe you're in your season where there's lack. But I'm here to bring good news to you that God goes to your place of wilderness. God finds you in the wilderness. Did he not find Noah in the wilderness? When he was out there, he found Noah. Did he not find Judah when he wanted, or, or uh, Elijah when he wanted to lay under a broom tree and die and give up? Did he not find him, Elijah, and he came to him and the angel and he brought food and nourishment to him? He found him. In his wilderness, God desires to find you in your place of wilderness right now. Why? Because he wants to set you free to bring you joy unspeakable and full of glory. And he goes on to say, he says this, I love this. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight the paths for him. Uh, can you get that? Prepare the way of the Lord. So my, my opportunity here right now is to prepare a way of the Lord to say, listen, there's good news on the way. And that good news is that Jesus came to set the captive free. I love what it says in verse 11 of that same chapter of Matthew. He says, I baptize you with water for repentance. Repentance means making an about face, turning from your old ways, turning from the wicked things that brought you down a discouragement. Turn from them, do an about face. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I am, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit in fire. Why does he say the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit transforms. He does the inward work. God transforms and changes you and rearranges your heart, your outlook, and your, free, your spirit inside. He come to set you free spiritually. But, you know, it doesn't end there. And John, many of you know this passage of Scripture. You've probably learned it when you were in maybe Sunday school or maybe in preschool of church or wherever, nursery, that your teacher always taught you this verse. I think it's a central theme. And a matter of fact, I know it is the central theme of our belief in Christ. In John 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world. That's you and I. God loves you. No matter what condition you are in right now, maybe you feel like you're bound up, you're discouraged, you're defeated, you can't get out of the situation, there's good news for you. God came to set the captive free, to bring freedom to you. And he says this, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God, now get this now, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. In other words, what does condemnation do? Or it, it, it confines you. It makes you walk in guilt and shame. It makes you walk in defeat. God didn't come to condemn you, put you down, and tell you you were a loser. But he came to make maybe convict you. Conviction brings to light those things that you're maybe going through in your life that you need to change on your own. God will never twist your arm to make you change. He gives you the freedom or the will to make a choice to change. But he didn't come to condemn you because I know that when I put down someone because of my position as a pastor, and if I ever put anybody down, I know that my position as a pastor is going to make them feel low, make them feel discouraged because 
here I am the pastor and I'm saying something about them, and that's going to make them feel low. But God doesn't do that. He don't come to condemn you or put you down. He comes to lift you up. But hear what it says in verse 18. Whoever does not believe stands condemned. Why is that? Stands condemned. It's not God that condemns you, but who doesn't believe? Who condemns you? The enemy. He always reminds you of your past and not your future. Because he doesn't know your future. He knows your past. And so how does the enemy condemn you? By always bringing up your past. And because he always brings up your past, guess what it does? It confines you. It puts you in a cage. And there's no freedom there. But Jesus doesn't condemn. He convicts. He says, whoever believes stands condemned already because you have not believed in the name of God, one and only Son. So maybe right now, who's ever listening today, maybe right now you don't feel free. Maybe it's because you've been listening to the wrong voice who's been condemning you, putting you down, and making you feel like a loser. But I love this. The price of freedom today in our world is the men and women who have given their lives. You see, notice what happens. We're free spiritually to serve and to worship a God who loves us and forgives us and accepts us. Now I'm talking about we're free outwardly. Can you imagine that? We got a double blessing. We got a double blessing. Here's the double blessing, that we're free spiritually. That we're no longer under condemnation. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is now no condemnation in those who love the Lord. Condemnation means you are free from your past. Any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away and all things become new. So in other words, what he's saying, I set you free spiritually. But today as we celebrate Independence Day, we are free physically. We are free physically. But the freedom we have today spiritually is because of price Jesus paid for our freedom. <laughs> that freedom came to us by Jesus giving his life. Isn't that exciting that God gave his life? But you know what? Men and women gave their lives so that we can be free physically. I don't know about you, but I've never take for granted those things that people have done. Never take for granted. Cheryl and I had the privilege of going to Washington, D.C. and seeing all the monuments there and so on and so forth and seeing all the great accomplishments that men and women, the sacrifices they gave for us and how they laid down their lives. It was just breathtaking. It was unbelievable. And I'll never forget, man, I got teared up when I walked to the Vietnam exhibit there and just got teared up because of the sacrifice they made for me and for you. And you know, you may be sitting on your couch right now watching me, but I want to, to say to you today, don't ever take for granted the freedom that you have. It's because there was a price for your freedom, and that was many men and women who laid down their lives. So because of that freedom that we have physically, what is my part of this freedom? What can I do to be grateful or thankful or show myself thankful for this freedom? Number one, if you have, I want you to write this down. Always remember to have a grateful heart for your freedom. Always remember. 
always remember to have a grateful heart for your freedom. When I was preparing this message, one of the things that came to me was, I remember when I first got into the church world, they would sing a song called, Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. And you know what? It's so true. That was a cute little song, but how true. How true it was when you start thinking about how much you can be thankful for. You know, you can be thankful that you're able to drive because of the men and women who lay down their lives. Don't ever get behind your wheel of the, your car and not be thankful. God, thank you for my freedom. Always remember, thankful with a grateful heart. I love this. Once you can show, once you, one way you can show you are thankful or grateful is by saying thank you to the veterans you know. By saying thank you to the veterans you know. I'll never forget one experience I had is I went to uh, one of the hospitals there in Grand Junction, Colorado. It was a, vet, a veterans hospital there in Grand Junction. And at the veterans hospital, when you first come into the entryway, they would have on both sides of this hallway all these veterans that are waiting to see doctors. And, man, I mean to tell you, uh, it was amazing. And, and it really seriously made me cry. I mean, to my right and to my left, they were sitting in wheelchairs. Some were without limbs, and some just were discolored in their face, and man, just really catastrophes of what they went through. But one of the things that I really known about those guys on my right and to my left, they still had a smile on their face. And yet, when I walked through this corridor with these veterans on both sides, it made me cry. It literally made me cry. That you know what I did? I turned back around, and I'll never forget. I walked back down that corridor, and I held out my hand, and I slapped five with every one of those veterans. And as I slapped them five, I said, thank you, thank you, thank you. And the more I said thank you, the more I started to cry. I'll never forget that. I went from my left because I had to turn back, went to my left. Then I went down the other side. And time I got back to where I turned around at, I was almost in a full-tier bawling stage because it made me see how much these men and women have sacrificed for us. And it made me feel so thankful. Don't ever take for granted. And if you know someone that maybe has been in the service, let them know you appreciate them. Number two, if you're taking notes, do something for someone else without expecting something back. Do something for someone else without expecting something back. Do something for someone else without expecting anything back from them. We'll show you a little of what our soldiers did for us. Not expecting anything in return. Can you imagine that? Not expecting anything in return because that's what they did. They weren't expecting anything back. They did it because they love this country. They love you. So many times, we don't want to do something until we know what's in it for us. What am I going to gain? What am I going to get? What, how much am I going to get paid? And with so many times, we have lost that servanthood attitude. 
The Bible says better to serve than to be served. If we lost that servinghood attitude without the expectations of what am I going to get paid or what's the cost for it and how much does it, what, what's the time constraint, and we always have these questions. But these men and women, they went without expectation. You see, listen, remember what others did for you, for your freedom? What others did for free charge, they gave their lives, gave up their family times, and even their jobs so that we can have life today. Wow. Just think of that. They gave up all that so you and I could have life today. Another one is this, what we could do, my part in this freedom. Ask yourself if you could give your life for others. Could you do that? Could you really give your life for others? I don't know about you, but the Bible says to love your neighbor as yourself. Can you, it says no greater friend to lay down his life for his friends. Could you do that? You know, especially without even knowing me or maybe knowing that person to the right or to the left of you or on your job, maybe your just acquaintances, could you really lay down your life for us? Jesus laid it down for us, and these great men and women in our country have laid down their lives for us. Ask yourself, could you do that? And when you look at that and see that and hear that, it makes you understand the sacrifice that they made. But lastly is this. Pray for those you may know in the service today. I remember reading a book by Dr. Cho. Dr. Cho has one of the biggest churches in Seoul, Korea. And one of the things that they did is they would pray all the time for all those people who were in service. And I'll never forget, they would pray for these people, and, man, they have a great prayer ministry there, and they have hundreds of thousands of people that pray in this. And the book was called Why Revivals Tarry, and it was all based on the precepts of prayer. And I'll never forget reading this book. Dr. Cho stated in there, he said, hey, we prayed for all our men and women who were on the battlefield, who were in the service, and he said, our prayers kept every one of those men and women that went on the battlefield safe. They did not have one casualty because of their prayers. You see, prayer changes things. It's not anything that we do, but it makes connection with God, and God said he hears the cries of the prayers of the righteous. Your prayers can impact God from deflecting a bullet, maybe, or something that could injure one of our soldiers. Prayer changes things. Prayer can change our country. Prayer can change our circumstances of what we're going through right now. You see, if we would do less talking and less anger and less hating and more praying, I believe that we would see more results and more changes in our country. I like this. Prayer changes things, and your prayers could be the prayer that saves a life. Prayer is a shield that protects the ones you love. Let me encourage you today. How can you do your part? I want to encourage you to pray. Pastor Cheryl. You just said it so right on. You know, it is through prayer. Prayer does change things. And it's like when we're unified in prayer, 
We are a mighty army army that cannot be defeated. We are a mighty army. And so I encourage you, just as Pastor's saying, stand in prayer for our country, for our leaders, for those that are fighting. I know Brian and Arlu, your son is out there. I know Tracy, your son is out there. I don't want to miss anybody. There's other people in the church that have kids out in the military right now serving our country. And you pray, you know, when you were saying that about prayer, I kept thinking, there's been times when people have said, I need to pray about this or that, and yet nothing's happening in that area right now. But I believe it's preventative prayer, you know, prayer that prevents things from happening. And Daniel prayed 21 days before he saw results. He could have quit after one week, after two weeks of praying. But after the third week, 21 days, God sent the deliverer to Daniel. But he could have quit. You see, your prayers, like Pastor Cheryl said, could be a preventative prayer. And so I want to encourage you to pray. So remember, what is my part of this freedom? Always remember to have a grateful heart for your freedom. Do something for someone else without expecting something back. Ask yourself, could you give your life for some others? And pray for those you know who are in the service. So let's close this service today. And once again, thank you for watching. I pray you have a great day great day that you will be liberated free not only physically but also spiritually and if you don't know jesus as your lord and savior let me encourage you to invite him in and he will set you free so you can be free inward as well as outward let's pray father thank you for today thank you father for our freedom freedom spiritually as well as physically Freedom, Father, that you laid down your life for us, God. Thank you, Jesus, that you came to die, but yet to live within us, Lord. And because of that, we have hope of knowing that everything is going to be okay. We can be free indeed. So, Lord, if there are those today that don't know you as Lord and Savior, I pray that, God, that they will give you a second chance. They'll give you another opportunity to come into their hearts and be free again. And, Father, I thank you for the men and women who have laid down their lives. As you go to many memorials, you can see, God, all the tombstones of men and women who laid down their lives for us. Thank you, Father, for that. And, Lord, we do pray for our country. We do pray for men and women, Lord, on the battlefield now. And bless, Lord, the moms and dads or maybe has sons and daughters out there now. We thank you and we praise you for our freedom today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I'm thinking of that song, free, free, I'm free indeed. Thank God Almighty, I'm free indeed. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider supporting us. You can make an easy and safe donation on our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com slash give. Thank you for your generous donation. 